live from New York, it's Cinnamon Toast Crunch Engineer now. Mm. It's live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. I love it when I have chips inside my chips. Yeah. Uh, it's me, Lady Ada. Free shrimps inside. I'm yum, delicious. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> give me a laugh. Uh, hello, everybody, it's me, Lady Ada. It's uh, me, Mr. Lady Ada, broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan, uh, where we have our Adafruit headquarters. We do all of our designing, manufacturing, uh, and apparently shrimp toasting. We've got exciting show for you tonight. One hour of the latest and greatest in maker hacker engineering news. Going to kick it right off because we I can just tell by looking at the, the display. We've we got, got a, lot a of show stuffed this show. Yeah. Stuffed full of goodies, not shrimp tails. Let's kick it off. What's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about shipping safe and smart. Our entire team thanks you here at Adafruit. Here's some pre-COVID photos. I can't wait to take a photo like these again very soon, we hope. Um, thanks for placing your orders, and please continue to place your orders. It supports us. One of the only, if not only, women-owned manufacturing companies in the USA and New York, for sure. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Lady, will talk about this epic show and tell. There's like 15 people on. There's so many. There people. is a lot of projects. We'll talk about that and more. Time travel. Uh, look around the world. Makers, hackers, artists, engineers, current news, and more. Help wanted jobs.adafruit.com is where you can post your skills or if your company posts a job. We have a couple that we'll highlight this week. Python on hardware news, a couple things in the news, and also some interesting trends. We're seeing more Python on hardware. We'll talk about that. Main New York City factory footage, factory footage from Adafruit. We do every single week. You can see all things that we make on the factory floor. 3D printing, we have a cool video from Noam Pedro of RP. 2040 Feather, and then a really neat speed up from Dune, which everyone likes. It's a prerequisite for watching this show. DigiKey and Adafruit present INMPI. This week we're going to be looking at some parts from Molex. We have some new products. We get some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where we have 28,000, but we're going to be up to 30,000 soon. I think, yeah. we went, I think we went from like 29 to 30, or I didn't get the latest graphic. And uh, either way, I know we're, we're coming up to 30 soon because uh, Kenny was talking to me about the art that we're going to do for it. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Yay! All right, so let's uh, first uh, talk about what's happening. Um, we are shipping safe and smart, so what does that mean? Yes. We follow all our protocols to keep our team safe. We're still not through this yet, so um, some of our team who's been eligible, has gotten vaccinated. Yay. We're in New York, so right now it's uh, 50 and up. There's teachers, there's um, essential workers that are public-facing. Um, we're not in the category of essential workers, even though we're essential workers. Manufacturing doesn't count. Because we're manufacturing. And also the construction um, uh, industry, industry yeah. they're also like, hey, but we're all going to wait our turn. We're all going to continue to mask up and be um, as safe and smart as possible. Keep our team safe. And um, all of our teams wear masks and gloves, and we do daily temperature. You name it, we do it every single day. And we also put in a free mask for any order over a dollar yep. in the USA. We've been doing this for, we're going to do it for 100 days. We're already past, I think, the halfway mark. Yeah. So we only have. Because it was April, sorry, it was uh, January, January 20th, so it's yeah. now um, six days in. So yeah. it's a little bit over uh, half, halfway there. And we also have other freebies that we do when you place an order. 
Yes, I'll tell you all about them. $99 or more, you get a free Permaproto half-size breadboard. $149 or more, you get a free Stemica T-board. We have a range of about like 20 or 30 different boards. You'll get one that's in stock from that range. Uh, you'll get a different one each time. If you make an account, we'll make sure that you don't get the same one twice. Uh, if you don't, you're just going to get a random one. Uh, $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping. And uh, $299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express or all-in-one development board that has sensors and buttons and LEDs all built into it. It's a great way to learn programming and making without any extra tools required. Just plug in a USB cable. You could be coding in MakeCode or CircuitPython or Arduino in under 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, next up, show and tell people around the world, showing and sharing their projects. It was a gigantic show and tell. We um, are alternating hosts. From Adafruit. So yes. this week it was Lady Ada and I. Me. Last week it was Noah and Pedro. Next week coming up is going to be JP. Yeah. So um, show your projects. You can doesn't matter which one you show up at. And then some folks are showing projects in different states of doneness. Yeah, I like that. And that's also really cool too because then you can look back and see the project from the beginning. So who was on the show until this week? And okay, share? we had so many people. We started off with Kevin who's working with his daughter on making an orrery, uh, which is like a thing that shows the planets and moon and sun and etc. moving around each other um, using some servos and an RP2040 feather. Uh, so hopefully that project will uh, it'll be a good science fair project or a science class project. Um Erin Firepixie came by with an LED snowboard that she's building. Uh, so she's going to go snowboarding, and she's going to be lit up, and she's got a sensor um, that's in the on the feather that's driving the NeoPixels uh, that knows which way she's uh, turning. So, like, maybe those sides of the LEDs will light up. Um, Melissa came by with an Apple IIc. She's uh, restoring and also a CRT um uh, like a really cute little CRT that, that like pops on top of the Apple IIc. Uh, Noam Pedro uh, showed off their Feather demo. They have all these Lego compatible brick add-ons for our various uh, STEMA boards and Feather boards so you can make little arrangements and plug, plug them onto Lego. They love Lego. Um, and Scott showed off his SPI Flash collection. He's got like one of every Flash and he's going to be using um, that to uh, create a database of all the different uh, QSpy and Spy non-volatile memory chips uh, so we can have like you know CircuitPython and Arduino and all the other software we use that talks to SPI flash chips each one is a little bit different in slightly different ways and uh, it's it if you you need to know which one you're talking to to make sure that you set the right bits and all that good stuff um, it's required for the RP2040 uh, it's required for CircuitPython so it's it's part of the the way microcontrollers are these days your flash is external you need to know how to talk to it um, Liz is still working on her Sailor Moon Star Locket. She 3D printed a case. It looks very cute. She traced out the anime cell to make the 3D printed model. Alex um, made a ESP8266 uh, programming adapter. Um, if you have these little like ESP01 modules, uh, she made it into an earring uh, so you can wear it at all times. And it's got these like buttons and it looks kind of like a Ouija board thing. Uh, very cool, uh, very goth after dark PCB design. Sai made a uh, Pico Raspberry Pi board to cellular M2 adapter and um, also added SemiQT so you can do cellular communications with an RP2040. Uh, Ron um, made a, a home sensor system with an ESP feather, uh, some sensors and ink display. 2231 Puppy made a car bot uh, that can, is controlled by an Alexa 
uh, and you tell her where you want to go and it drives a little mini car. Joey is working on the Pi Quarter, uh, made an air quality app um, using the, the Pi Quarter uh, circuit Python power sharp memory display like handheld device. Ariel um, is working on a college car project and uh, is in charge of the strain gauge data acquisition system and got the strain gauge working. Congratulations. Those are like microvolts. They're not easy to deal with, but uh, Ariel got them working. Dan uh, has been designing more and more PCBs, uh, a badge art project that looks like the Perseverance bot, an own parade um, uh, digital resistor, like a resistor that can be um, switched between multiple values using like a like R2R ladder. Um, Mark is still working on the NeoPixel numbers for his house so that uh, delivery people can find his house in the dark. And David um, figured out a hack where he can plug in old I2C sensors onto existing Stemma QT boards to make um, little Stemma QT like stacks of boards. Cute idea. All right. And that's show and tell. We do that every single Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. It's part of our Adafruit live series of shows. You're watching this right now, Ask an Engineer APM. Yes. Show and tell 7.30. We just talked about that. Those are our shows for Wednesdays that we do in addition to 3D Hangouts with Noah and Pedro. On Sundays, we do Desk of Lady Ada. On Sunday of this week, Lady Ada, we showed a few things. Okay, I got RP2040 stuff's happening. So I actually got the Cutie Pie going and working. Um, so that was good. Uh, we got the tester working as well. I showed a, a we made you know, some videos with the RP2040 tester we made. Um, we also got uh, the Woodery Trinky going. Maybe I'll bring that down. I'll show it on. It's not out yet. Don't yeah. ask. Um, and what else did we show off? We showed off some more uh, mechanical keyboard stuff. IMX chips. Oh, IMX things that we're working on. Yeah, basically starting to, to get some older projects up and running again. Yeah. And then we had the great search. Where is And on the great search, where Lady Ada uses all of her engineering powers, teamed up with DigiKey to Type use powers, the DigiKey site to search for Rotary the component you need, because there's millions, probably if not billions, billions and billions of my, parts. My favorite thing about uh, uh, the great search is when I search for something, I'll also tell you all the mistakes that I've made um, that you could try to avoid making those mistakes. So. For example, yeah. you know, did you know that rotary encoders come with two different um, knob type ends and they're completely incompatible? Uh, I found out the hard way. Uh, why don't you learn from my mistakes yeah. so you don't have to order stuff and then return it or uh, you know, have to deal with a, a mixed batch of uh, potentiometer knobs or rotary encoder knobs? Yeah, the Great Search series, you should just watch all of them if you ever do any type of parts purchasing. Um, you'll not only save time but save money. And uh, we show all the mistakes and more because that's the best way to learn is see sometimes other mistakes, not just successes, but you get to save time because it's like, oh, someone else did all that mistaken for me. Yeah. So now I can do all the searching. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing if you make a mistake, but like if you can avoid it, it just saves you time. Yeah. Also, no one should feel bad if they can't figure it out because... Also, you can see I make mistakes too. Yeah, and so I think that's important that we show that. All right, so on Tuesdays, we do JP's Product Pick of the Week where we broadcast live from the product page. And this week was the VCNL4040 proximity and lux sensor. And here is a recap. It's the VCNL4040. It's a proximity and lux 
sensor in STEMIQT format. If you look here at the display, when I get my finger a little closer, I've got my little smiley face winking there. This little sensor does a pretty great job tracking whether you've kind of added that little fleshy mass of my eyelid coming down. I'm gonna just use my blink control. I'm gonna use that to trigger the synth. My product pick of the week this week, it is the VCNL4040. It is a proximity and light sensor. And I'm gonna go ahead and place that on my Stemma QT board of awesomeness. Okay, on Thursday, there is JP's workshop, and here is a little recap of what was on last week's show and potentially a preview of what's on this week's show. So tune in tomorrow on JP's workshop. And then also, Scott is doing a deep dive tomorrow. So tomorrow there's two shows. I know. Lucky y'all. You get two shows. Double the show. All right. Time travel. Um, I'm going to uh, start it off with uh, some terrible news, terrible things that are going on. So last week on Wednesday, um, we were just getting some of the information because of the shootings in Atlanta. And, you know, Adafruit has customers, community, friends, and team members in every location where there's been a shooting. So last week, we wanted to say, you know, our thoughts are with the folks in Atlanta, um, and there wasn't all the information or ways that people can help. One thing that we try to avoid as a company is just to put up a hashtag and say, okay, you know, that's it. We try to find ways to be helpful. So we talked to our team, made sure our team, uh, the folks that we have in the Atlantic area, Atlanta area was okay. Um, figured out was there um, fundraisers that are for sure part of the families. Uh, it's one of the things now that GoFundMe, this was one example. Um, these were definitely the family members. Sometimes when these things happen, you don't know. Um, you don't know how to help. And so we have a blog post on Adafruit. And from there, you can see the resources that our team put together and then some of the ones that our community sent us. So, um, you know, that was last week. This week, um, sure enough, so Colorado, and we all have friends, family, coworkers, uh, community members, and unfortunately, you know, this is the news. Ten were killed in Colorado. Um, the information is still coming out, so we'll do a blog post or we'll get the word out into our community about ways you can help. Um, we have uh, a team member that's in Colorado, they're okay. That we just had a meeting uh, yesterday. Like, please let us know what's helpful on the ground for people elsewhere. What they can do, and you know, the bigger conversation that always comes up is like, well, this is two weeks in a row. Um, the guns were purchased in a pretty short period of time, and you know, 
guns were purchased in or out of state. So there's always debate about gun control. But the only thing I think that we can do, because that's from we're an electronics company for us that's that's almost unsolvable gun reform but one of the things that we can all do is if you know someone who's going through some tough times they're acting different they seem like they might do something that's where friends and family can actually do something you can say hey like let's get you some help um i don't know any other way to solve this right now with the tools that we we have have so you know there's i mean it's it's weird because we've been country's been almost locked down for a year and so this is kind of starting to like yeah. starting to get more shootings. Again. So you know, I, I think finding finding a way for people to be solution oriented on solving this, because you know every single week now you, you see these names, and we're all we all know someone somewhere, and we're all just like hoping we don't see someone we know. But those are all real people that those lives are devastated, those families are devastated. So um, don't have a solution for now. We're an electronics company, but I can say the thing that we can do is if you if you see or know someone who's going through something, that's the first and best way probably to stop it. That's all we can do for now. So hopefully every Wednesday we're not doing this, but we'll get the information out the best we can using our platforms. That's what we're going to always do. And, um, you know, the only thing we won't do is just like hashtag, you know, we're here. Um, we want to make sure that we're useful with anything that we put out there. Okay, so switching gears completely... Um, on to good news in the time travel world. Arduino Day official is March 27th. Tune in. Yes, this weekend. 11 a.m. on Saturday, Eastern Time, 4 p.m. I guess CDT time. And you can see the annual Arduino Day event. Uh, We'll be watching. Do a couple blog posts or whatever. We already have a blog post about this event. And uh, it's another year. They are 16 years old. Wow. Yeah. 16 altogether. From 2005. I remember 2005. It was a big year. Big year for electronics. Yeah. Okay. Adabox, we are full, but you can sign up when we run the first round of Adaboxes. There's folks that move or their credit card. Uh, they switched up or there's openings afterwards. Put your name on adabox.com. There's a little thing to get notified when we have Adaboxes ready to go and you can purchase them. They'll be shipping out in April-ish. Uh, just keep in mind, there is a worldwide chip shortage. You're going to hear about this every day forever yeah. until it's over. So just be aware everything is starting to come back. But coming back is not exactly the way you think. It's not just a switch that's flipped. It's a It's not like when we run out of capacitors. It's like, oh, you know, you can't get capacitors. You always yeah. can't change capacitor values. This is, this is tough. This is like, you know, there's only one company that makes a chip, and then they don't have any chips. For, I'm now getting one-year lead time for, for parts. So, um, anyhow. One year's tough. All right. Other bits of time travel. Um, Philby is doing an excellent series of videos. Just posted up this one. This is about protomatter, and I'll let Phil take it away. Here is LED matrix tiling working in the Arduino protomatter library. This is when you have multiple LED matrices, and you link them all together to work as, uh, as a single big matrix. We've had this in CircuitPython for a while, but uh, it's there in the Arduino library as well. And you can see... On the back here, this is being driven by a matrix portal. And then we have four matrices, zero, one, two, and three, all linked together. And when you have this many pixels, you can't power it off USB anymore. Uh, So I've got a big five volt, 10 amp supply. So there's lots of power for for all those LEDs. And this is the, uh, in the Protomatter Arduino library, there's an animated GIF example. I just had to change some arguments to tell it uh, 
I've got these four four matrices here. Also, I don't even have a big enough piece of this LED acrylic, but uh, if I did, I'll have to order one. Uh, it would look amazing on here. All right, next up. We have a new series of short videos, and it's part of Colin's Lab. I'm calling these Colin Lab Shorts. And, uh, sorry, Colin's Lab Notes. They're short, but they're the notes. Colin's Lab, lab Shorts sounds like something you wear in the lab when it's, like, really hot uh, out. Yeah, okay. Hey, just yeah. doing my they're, they're, they're short videos, and these they're are Colin's Lab Notes. And uh, I'm going to play these back-to-back. -back. They're one minute each. There's one, two, three, four of these. Yeah. And these are across all of our social media platforms, including some of the newer ones, like TikTok, where there's... Um, a community of people who like to learn and the constraints actually make it a lot of fun because you have a minute and you have yeah. to do as much as you can in that minute with a, within these constraints and it's, a, it's telling a story each time. So we're going to play these and we'll see on the other side. Solder wick is great at removing excess solder. It's a little more delicate than a pump which makes it perfect for surface mount components like these bridged IC pins. Solder flows onto heated surfaces. So when the wick is heated and pressed against the board, it will melt and then soak up the excess solder. First, make sure you unspool plenty of wick to work with. It will get very hot, so hold it with a pair of needle nose pliers and place it over the area of solder you want to remove. Thoroughly heat the target area using your iron by gently pressing the side of the iron's tip into the wick for a few seconds. Then remove the hot wick using your pliers. After the braid cools, cut off and dispose of the used section. Like a desoldering pump, adding more solder can help keep the area hot longer, allowing it to flow easier. Above all, be patient and make sure you're heating thoroughly. An LED's lens will often match the color of the light it emits, but that lens isn't what gives the LED its color. An LED's color is determined by the chemical composition of its internal semiconductor. Red and infrared LEDs often use aluminum gallium arsenide. Yellow and green use gallium phosphide, and blue can be created from indium gallium nitride. Color is created by light traveling at different wavelengths, and creating these wavelengths requires differing amounts of energy, or voltage. Typically, red LEDs have a forward voltage of about 1.7, yellow 2.1 volts, green 2.2 volts, and blue and white LEDs operate at around 3.5 volts. So even if you don't have access to an LED's data sheet, you can make an educated guess about its forward voltage. Desoldering can be a bit of a challenge depending on the board and components you're working with, but for through-hole parts like these mechanical key switches, a desoldering pump makes things pretty easy. First, prime the pump so it's ready to go. Then heat the target joint with a soldering iron briefly. When you see the solder liquefy, quickly remove the iron from the joint. Place the pump tip over the joint, ensuring it has a good seal, and then press the button. Keep in mind that all of this is one swift action, so the pump can suck up the solder while it's still in a fluid state. Like so. Voila. If the solder's not coming off, try adding a bit more solder to the joint. It may be counterintuitive, but this will help the solder retain heat and stay fluid a bit longer, improving the pump's chance at success. Let's install CircuitPython on this Raspberry Pi Pico and blink its LED. First, download CircuitPython for Pico from circuitpython.org. 
make sure Pico is disconnected from USB, then hold down the boot select button and plug in USB. While continuing to hold the boot select button until the RPI-RP2 drive appears on your computer, copy the UF2 file you downloaded onto that drive. The drive will unmount and a new drive named CircuitPy will appear. Your Pico is now running CircuitPython. Download and install the Moo editor here. Open up Moo, it'll automatically start with a blank file. In that blank file, type the following code. Save the code to the CircuitPy drive as code.py and overwrite any pre-existing code.py file. And with that, we just made Pico blink. All right, and uh, we release these around like four or five o'clock every single day, Monday through Friday. Yes, something to look week. forward to. One minute. Every you spend day. a minute with Colin every single week. Uh, more than you need. All right, help on it. But never enough. Um, couple ones that I wanted to mention. So the job board is picking up pretty fast because lots of people are hiring and lots of people are pressing your skills. So there's a Makerspace Steam instructor, so that's Mac Inspires. Makerspace, that's in New York at a paid job, designing uh, design fork of Adafruit's 16 by two RGB IceCritz shield into a 20 by four mega shield. So if this is something that you're good at, it's contract work, you can check it out. There. Go for it. All right. It's open source. Python on hardware news. Okay. All right, so we're gonna do this one a little different this week. This week, I wanted to, I picked a story out of the newsletter. There's so and much. the video, there's a lot that I think that's interesting. So mm. uh, this is a new board. They called it a SBC small board computer, but it's actually just a microcontroller yes. board. Yes. And um, why don't you talk about why this is interesting? I'm just going to do one sentence about why it's interesting, but you, 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 go for you it. have go more. First. Go first. So here's, here's why this board's interesting. Why interesting. It's the next chapter on how electronic manufacturers are, the, the trend that we see, are sending out dev boards. And that is, it comes with a scripting language, and the scripting language happens to be Python. Yeah. So tell us about this. What is this? Well, I think it's interesting because I, I buy a lot of eval boards. <laughs> like, I have, I have many eval boards, and I, I use them for INMPI. And there's one thing that's kind of universal about eval boards. They always, you know, they're always kind of expensive. They're this big, they're expensive, and they require a and, giant tool chain that's a mess? Well, no, they actually don't even require a tool chain. Usually you're stuck with some Windows software. Usually it's, it's only mm. one platform, Windows software. Sometimes, you know, some are now doing multi-platform. But if you have a Mac or Linux, usually you're out of luck. And it's kind of a little clunky, and it feels a little bad for the companies because it feels like every eval board, they have to sort of start from the beginning and, like, design this whole, like, user interface just to like talk to this chip and what i thought was interesting about trinamic is you know we featured them and they make these really great stepper drivers um they want people to try the stepper drivers they are a stepper driver chip company not a windows gui software company right like what are they good at yeah. stepper drivers what are they probably not so good at windows software and so if you wanted to have a way for developers to be able to quickly test out um your stepper drivers or your like industrial control dri control drivers using something like a pi board might be really useful because you can like give them scripts and you don't need an ide and you don't need like a you know a web tool or like a gui tool you just tell them hey drag and drop this thing open up a REPL using the serial port yeah. you can you Plug can you're a val board in your computer it'll show up as a usb drive yeah like that's like that's number one like oh my gosh and then using any text editor or ide yeah edit the python file and the thing is, is that this is not that different than you know what we just we realized with 
ate a box and with doing our electronics, it's like there was a limit. Like we actually couldn't get people going with Arduino. Like it was just too limiting because it was like you have to install Arduino, and some people are like, "I'm on a Chromebook," and I'm like, "Okay." Or they're like, "I don't have a Minix. I can't install software." Okay. Or like you know they're at a library, right? It's like so how can you? Or, you know, they're on a parent's they, computer. They the parents don't want them to They can't software. download software, but they can edit a text file. Or they have an IDE that they're already allowed to use. Right. So how do they, how could they edit a script? So the something? things that make it easy for students, you know, this is, it's funny because it's like the, you know, I always tell the joke of like, well, you know, we make it really easy for like students and kids to use CircuitPython, which means it's also possible for PhDs to use it, right? Because it's actually like kind of the same user base <laughs> in a sense. Um, the same stuff that a, a very... Like a very advanced engineer and a beginner, it's actually the same user experience they want. Like I actually don't want to install a tool chain. Like when I was like in that medium stage, I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell tool chain. I'm going to explore this thing. Now it actually like gives me the willies, right? I don't want to um, get yeah. MSP430 like to take over my computer. I just want to like have a thing do a thing. I just want to test it out to see how it works and get a feel for it because then I'm going to integrate it into my own product. So I think I think MicroPython is a good use case for this. This is actually like basically a respin of the yeah. Pi board. They call it Motion Pi, and even in the name, they're Pi. like, "Hey, Python." Pi. So this is happening. It's an STM32F405, so you work with Circuit Python too, and it's basically just kind of like a, a, they took the Pi board and they just sort of added all this other stuff to it to make it good yeah. for industrial automation, and it's probably just running MicroPython like plain. Um, because, you know, the pins are, are, the, are the same thing. And then it's just got, like, the buttons and SD cards. It's, it's split apart and designed just for automation. I think it's interesting. It's interesting because this is actually the one use case that's very good for. I always thought, like, eval boards were such a waste of resources for a company that does not – they're not an eval board company. They're a stepper driver company. They should not be making eval board software. They should be making yeah. stepper drivers. There's more people that can do Python code, too, than embedded – Let's see. You know, yeah, there's yeah. like there's a there's a there's a bigger community audience and and talent pool as well. So, anyways, this is interesting to us. This is like, you'll look back at this in years and be like, oh yeah, I saw this on like. Ask and then an it's engineer. like the software's on GitHub. Right. It's very yeah. interesting to me because, Trinamic, you know, they they just got bought by Maxim, but they're not a big company, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't TI. So it's interesting to see like these small scale companies. You know, are they like like Digi, like Trinamic? They're going to start doing MicroPython and, and embedded Python scripting languages. Yeah. And then seeing how, because they're more more agile than the bigger companies, will it trickle up until eventually you're going to see, um, you know, big companies use Python on hardware as a way of doing rapid development for their chips? All right. Interesting. Um, other things in the newsletter, because that is in there, is uh, yeah. 6.2.0 for beta. Please try it out. Go to Adafruit. We are. Oh, sorry, go to circuitpython.org slash downloads. Fixing bugs like. Yeah. Like bananas. We so love fixing bugs. RP2040 fixes are the big ones. Um, ESP32S2 fixes yeah. as well. Uh, a lot of USB stuff. Uh, keep putting in any bug reports. We, we are patching and preparing. And we're going to move on to 7. Yeah. If you um, got a... Uh, Circuit Python. A Open Hardware Summit um, goodie bag last year. Yeah. They shipped last week or so. And you can um, run Circuit Python. Now, here's the interesting thing. It's been a year... And there's been a lot of CircuitPython updates since then. Yes. So you get the latest firmware. Yeah, even more And stuff. your device does even more. So this is a little CircuitPython-powered badge that also functions as a watch. Um, I think Scott had these on um, his deep dive. He did yeah. an unboxing. Here you can see the front and back. Um, 
Just so update the latest circuit. I mean, I think it four yeah. was out then. Now it's up to six. Cool. And also, uh, there's an unboxing. Uh, Alex was on our show and tell. You can also check out the um, Open Hardware Summit swag bag unboxing that has everything. Alex deep dive with Scott this Thursday. We mentioned that before. News from around the web. Um, this was a roundtable from DigiKey for Pi Day. Pi Day. You can see a bunch of folks, including JP. Uh, this is a uh, contentful blog e-ink display with Circuit Python and IoT. This is a Circuit uh, Citron Maker Pi Pico and Circuit Python to measure soil ma moisture. Uh, this is a Raspberry Pi mouse regular um, sensor. The sound sensor stuff. We have More other Pico projects. Um, that are Python, in. thermal yeah. cameras, thermal printers, displays. Yeah. Um, um, more people doing Circuit Python with with RP twenty forties, which is cool. Yep. Pi ladies uh, has some good stories on their blog. That's the Pi quarter. We had that on the show and tell. Um, this is cool. It's a Chrome uh, REPL, so more people are doing web serial. Thankfully, web web yeah. USB long live it, but web serial is better. Um, people playing with Picos and, and off the shelf hardware. Space. This is cool. This is like like a plant shaped or like an egg shaped yeah. sensor. People love eggs and sensors. Those kind of go together. Yeah. And if you want to check out uh, Tim, uh, he's doing streaming. Guys, you could check out the bitmap tools and the neat little dial uh, widget gadget thing that he's working on. Um, and then check out the rest. Uh, we have a uh, review that um, I think this Russian site did of the. Adafruit RP Feather RB2040. Cool. Tom's Hardware also did a review of it. Um, oh, that's a nice Pi base. Nice yep. Here is a very yeah. small version of a schedule library for CircuitPython. Um, you can use the Pi Pico to make an affordable stream deck. This is a 3D printed one. Here's an ESP32 OLED display with MicroPython. And more, more and more and more and more. more, more, more. Kibos with CircuitPython. Kibos with CircuitPython. Zubos with CircuitPython. Um, we have a guide on how to do Wi-Fi with the Pico, and then Tom's Hardware also has an article guide on how to do it. So uses CircuitPython, uses Wi-Fi, uses our Adafruit Airlift, and you can then get your Pi online. Um, I had sent this to the team. Audacity 3.0 is released. Oh, yay. It's our favorite we open use this for audio. Yeah. Cool. So we use this for all of the audiophile um, edits and more. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things about CircuitPython and Python and hardware is you can play WAV files. Yeah, that's right. You can also play other types of files. But, but you also see. you often want to put them in the right format to speed things up. Yeah. There's that. that and we talked about that. High. We had some coming soons. Um, we're going to be talking about it on the show tonight. We have some new learn guides, and we are up to 306 CircuitPython libraries. Good that's time. right. Um, check out the new boards and which ones are most popular on CircuitPython.org/downloads. And then we have some events coming up. PyCon USA is coming up, EuroPython, PyOhio, and then, of Still course... Still virtual, and then maybe throughout the summer we'll see some in-person events yep. popping up. And that is Python on Hardware News this week. Thank you, Blinka. Okay, next up. Okay, we're an open-source hardware company. Um, we have 2,440 guides. Lady Ada was on the big board this week. Okay, actually the top four guides are the uh, only new guides we've got this week. So we've got the um, uh, Adafruit MIDI Feather Wings. So this is a, we've actually, it's an older product that we forgot to make the guide live, but now it is. Uh, so you can add a DIN 5 or 3.5 millimeter MIDI jacks to your Feather. It's got just over the UART. Um, it does, love, does the level shifting and opto and isolating for you. 
Um, Touch Tech is a cool project. Uh, Tim C. Foamy Guy worked with JP to make a DIY customizable, um, like a Stream Deck clone, but it uses a RP2040 feather plugged into the back of a 3.5 inch feather wing. It's the RP2040 is nice and fast, and the 3.5 inch display is nice and big, so it makes for a great project. We've also got um, the guide for our BLM badge uh, education and workshop kit uh, for folks who um, will be We'll be getting these. We're going to be donating these to some groups. They're going to be doing workshops. You can follow this guide uh, to get your workshop up and running. It runs CircuitPython. And we're also going to add MakeCode support soon, working with MakeCode folks. Um, finally, we've got a, um, a fun uh, guide from uh, Dylan. Uh, we did a, um, you know, almost a year ago now, we did a, um, a coronavirus uh, stats updater using the e-ink uh, mag tag. Yeah. We did that over the winter. And uh, actually, the uh, COVID tracking project shut down in uh, earlier this month, which is good. They're like, hey, the government is taking over this project. We don't have to uh, collate the data. It's going to be collated for you by your government. Yay, America. Um, but instead, now we have a vaccine tracker. So uh, would you like to know the percentage of people in America that are vaccinated every day? Your MAGTAG will wake up, update it, and go back to sleep. You can also customize it for just your state or your yeah. country. All right. Um, in... Adafruit Learning System news. If you go to learn.adafruit.com, the top you'll see our little logo with a mask on it. We're going to keep it on there for now. Um, explore and learn, new guides, and then dice. What are those dice? So the dice are um, a way to get a random guide. So I'm going to go to the learn system here. Okay. And um, when, you press it. when you press this, it goes to random guide. Random guide. Ooh. So, robotic turkey. Yeah, let me see if I can. Oop, uh, I didn't change anything. Okay. I'm gonna move this around here. Yeah, but then you get now you're then I, then I then I get rid of the dice. Yeah. Anyways, so this is uh, a way for once you have two thousand something guides, um, you may just want to hit the random button and decide what you want to make. Yeah, inspired. Or maybe something that you didn't even know you wanted to make. Or who knows? Some good projects. Things that you may not have known that we have yeah. in the learning system. So Stuff you can learn. That is news about the learning system. We're always adding new features, always making it easier to use, always making it better for more people to be able to learn. It's a free resource, and it's supported by your order, so please place an order once in a while. Okay, Main York City factory footage. Here's some footage from the factory. This is... Making a tester. Making a tester. A lot of our factory footage that we do is testers because we do a we, test. We test everything. So there's a lot of stuff to test. This is how that gets made. And then uh, we like to make them use a, a you know Arduino Uno shaped PCB. And um, what's nice about that is uh, then like you know we can we can quickly make new testers. And this is uh, Isaac speed rounding RP2040 testing. So it only takes us two seconds to test each one, yeah. so that's why he's going so fast. Yeah, we have a video that we're going to show in a bit about that as well. This is our special tester, which uses the mass storage capabilities of a Teensy to actually use, like it shows up as a disk drive, it drags the file onto the disk drive, and then uh, make a little rainbow squirrel. Well, this is us testing uh, this week's new product, the NeoKey. And the next week's new product, the Neoki 2.
see how the auto stencil works. It places the uh, holding pins in a specific spot so when it presses down, yeah, the stencil stay nice can stencil. And flat. Here it is. Getting ready. Squishing. Squishing. Like a pro. Nice bead. Nice squish. Okay, got a back squish. Yeah. Squish both directions. And uh, for the folks, uh, for the person who asked, um, they want to see a video of how we make testers. We actually talk about this a lot. There's a bunch of videos. We have a guide. Yeah, we even have a guide. Search too. for it. So to check it out. We also talk about this at Descaladiata. Yeah. And I think we also did with the DigiKey video series, Make It or Market. All right, and it would be made in New York City factory footage without the Disney building across the street that's still going. So here's a time lapse of all the construction going on across the street. Maybe they're starting to fill in. Interesting, they took away the ramp. I wonder how they, I guess, I guess they have to just build every floor now, and then maybe they lift the, maybe they lift it out with the crane? I don't know how they do They that. bury them. You think so? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. All right. 3D printing. No, Pedro, 3D printing up. Some amazing things. This week, we're going to show two videos. Uh, one is a 3D printing thing, a speed up, and the other one is an RP2040 feather video takeaway. No, Pedro, I'll play these back to back and see you on the other side. This is the feather RP2040 featuring the new chip from Raspberry Pi. This has all of the goodies you know and love about the Feather format. It's got 8 megabytes of flash, USB-C, built-in LiPo charging, and Stemma QT. With onboard Stemma, you can plug and play all sorts of I2C sensors. So you don't need any headers, you can simply just plug in some cables. This makes projects easier and there's tons of Stemma QT breakouts from Adafruit. With CircuitPython, you can quickly get your projects up and running. To install CircuitPython, plug in a good USB cable into your computer. Hold down the boot select button and then plug in USB. Head over to circuitpython.org and search for the Feather RP2040. Select your preferred language and click the download button. Then just drag and drop the UF2 file onto the USB drive. The board will flash the new firmware and automatically reboot the drive. Be sure to check out the learn guide for demo code and project examples. Get every Wednesday 3D Hangouts. You can learn how to make all the stuff from Orthno and Pedro. Everyone's favorite segment, DigiKey and Adafruit present. This week's Ion MPI is from Molex. Molex. Okay, we're, we're doing another Molex one. We did Molex custom cables a bit ago. That's right. Um, but I saw these pop up on digikey.com slash new, and I was like, that's a good idea. These are the Molex 
One Touch FPC connectors. Uh, so these are connectors for flex cables. Uh, we have flex cables in a lot of use cases. I'll show you a couple in a bit. Um, and these are the two connectors. They've got ones that are um, right angle and they've got ones that are vertical. And you notice it has that little push bar. It looks like, like the, you know, an exit push bar from like a, from a door. Um, and that does exactly what you think. It, it's a way for you to um, connect and disconnect the flex uh, cable from the uh, connector by pressing down to release it. So flex cables, you know, we see, I and mean, they're, they're using a lot of things. They're used in, you know, almost all electronics these days. Um, they're inexpensive. Um, it's an easy way to have multiple contacts on a PCB. You know, you don't have to do a lot of crimping, if any. Um, and uh, you basically can fit a lot of connectors into a flex cable because you can use 0.5 millimeter, millimeter pitch which is um, not too hard to solder and uh, your PCBs, your flex PCBs, are, the precision is gonna be good enough that you can um, cram that many uh, connectors in. There's also 0.3 millimeter, although we, we tend to use 0.5. Um, these connectors are also 0.5. So, you know, for example, here's a TFT and um, there's a flex cable. So that means it, you know, they can bend quite easily. And on the end, you see one through 50, um, 50 uh, connector points on uh, the FPC. Um, and then you would plug it into an FPC connector. So this is like a Molex connector that we have that's a kind of like a, a pull, push, like an ears style, I call them, um, connector, um, slide out or you know whatever the technical name is for these. And um, basically you see the contacts on the end because you can't solder a flex PCB directly to a circuit board without causing strain and, and having it rip apart. What you do is you slide it into the connector, the connector actually gets soldered into the PCB. So um, this is what the connector looks like when um, not in use. So you see the little uh, brown part that slides out and there's two little ears on the side that you pull carefully out. Um, and then you can insert the flex PCB in as shown here on a PCB, you see the ears are sticking out and then um, you push it in all the way. And then, uh, you know, you insert the flex connector and you push in the little ears and you're good to go. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show what that looks like in person. So here I've got like a nice cool square TFT display. And this is a little breakout board that I've got that has um, that same uh, FPC connector. Like I said, it's a slide out style. And you see there's these little ears, I pull on them and then I can remove the FPC. You can see the FPC contacts here. And then there's top contact and bottom contact. And then again, if I want to insert it, um, it's the wrong contact way. I'm just showing it for, for demonstration. And then you have to squeeze this ear and you have to squeeze that ear. So, you know, th these pretty much work and, and we use them a lot. Um, but there are some things you have to watch out for with these connectors, which is that they're extremely hard to rework and they are a mechanical part that if you have people doing repair or maintenance on something with a flex connector, they can break. And when they break, it's kind of like catastrophic. Um, so, you know, you can see here on um, the left, I don't know if you can zoom in onto the, the connector, but, uh, you know, basically, if that little piece that moves um, gets cracked or broken, and um, from heat it can get cracked or broken, it's unrepairable. Um, and, you, you know, you, you can get replacement parts, but you can't, like, oh, yeah, there you go. So you can see, like, on, on the corner there, it got cracked a little bit. Um, either from heat or from mechanical strain. And you basically have to replace the whole connector. And there's a lot of like little plastic bits that can break on these FPCs. 
Um, and they're really uh, hard to rework. Here's here's another one, and you can see the whole thing just broke off, right? So the the you know maybe it was you know somebody flipped it up and it, it was stuck a little bit. They didn't pull while flipping, whatever. Either way, um, it cracked off and broke. And so what's really neat about um, these the Molex one touches is um, you know they come in different sizes, and again there's no like mechanical pull or flip part. You push to release the part. Um, and so there's like one less thing that can go wrong. The reason I mention this is that, you know, if you have a design that has these flex connectors and you're either assembling them in an automated fashion or you have people and, you know, they break one out of a hundred of them, um, you, you have to rework a board, which can be like quite a bit of work and might damage other components on the board because it's a big part you have to heat and remove. Um, and also takes time and it might be better if you just, you know, upgrade to one of these one touch connectors, um, because you don't have that mechanical strain problem. You don't have this part that can break off. Um, you just push to, uh, remove, uh, the cable and it also locks in place. So maybe let me grab one. I have, yeah, they're available on DigiKey. The oh. number that I use to find, cause there's a few different ones. Is two hundred forty-five fifty four four zero. That's the Molex. Or you can go to digikey.com forward slash short forward slash r n eight r w eight seven three. Okay. So I found my connector. So let's go to the overhead again. So this time I'm going to again. Yeah, you have to like carefully open up both ears, and you never know. Like sometimes I actually break. I, you know, you can break these. You have to be very careful with them. Okay. So this side, and then this side. Okay. And then you can remove. So this is the uh, one-touch connector. So let's we can zoom in a little bit. Um, and so you can see uh, the push. This is the push button here. Sorry. Yeah. This is the push button here. It's kind of hard to see the, uh, there you go, the engraving on it. Um, you've got the contacts and you've got the mechanical strain relief here to keep it in place. And then um, to plug it in, um, what's interesting is that you don't push to um, attach. You actually just press in and it actually has kind of like a wide curved mouth thing so you don't have to like be careful like you know it, it, it'll it'll slide in and it'll align properly um and then you know it, it's nicely solid and then if you want to release you press so you saw I, I was pressing it and i guess you could also press if you want to insert but you don't have to so there you go so it's inserted press to release there you go. So, so, and it, they're good for 20 cycles. Um, this is the vertical type, which I thought was kind of neat, but they also have the right angle type. So less, less chance of you or the person doing the maintenance cracking off um, that piece. So I think for that purpose alone, and if you have a product that has this issue during maintenance or rework or installation, you know, right? Because this is like part of your, um, you know, rework or yield issues. Um, check out these uh, connectors. So they have them in... Uh, you know, 10, 20, 30, 35, 40, and maybe I think 50 pin, maybe not 50, um, up to 40 pin connectors, vertical, horizontal. And they use like pretty much the same footprint as existing Molex um, FPCs. I mean, check the data sheet, you know, to make sure that you've got the exact right position for it, the, the mechanical pads. But chances are, if you have a design that already uses FPC connectors, you could probably swap these in without doing a huge board revision, right? You might have to just tweak a couple pads, but you're probably gonna have, not going to have to move around a lot of parts. So very right. interesting connector. I think it's an interesting innovation um, because I've used pull out and flip top. I've never seen push 
to remove or push to insert type. And we have video. That's right. Well, it's made a nice video. The Easy On One Touch FFC FPC Connectors by Molex. These connectors feature single step mating with an auto lock nail mechanism, a high retention force, and an easy to use push button for unmating. Offering a quick and reliable connection, as well as easy operation, makes the EasyOn OneTouch FFC FPC connectors ideal for a host of industries and applications, from smart appliances to various consumer and industrial uses. The EasyOn 0.5mm pitch one-touch connector enables quick and easy FFC-FPC cable insertion and mating operation via manual or automatic assembly. The large lead-in helps avoid misalignment, while the inside locking mechanism ensures superior retention. Push button to easily unlock the cable. Other features include its high operating temperature, optional ground terminal, and right angle and vertical variations. More information at molex.com. All right, that was on NPI. Yes. Okay, let's dive right into new products. That's right. New, new, new. So we have it coming soon. Yes. Well, it's coming soon, really. Uh, so this is something that we worked on like a year ago, and uh, we kind of got delayed and distracted. You, you and can you can tell the world when, when we took this photo because Bitcoin was uh, 10, 10, 10K. 10,000 USD. Um, but we actually are uh, back on the IMX train. Uh, we took a little bit of a detour uh, to do some other things, including uh, keeping our company running during 2020, uh, but we're finally able to get back to some uh, delayed projects, including this one. Uh, so it's our first uh, Cortex-M7 board. It's going to be the IMX RT1011, which is a 500 megahertz Cortex-M7 from NXP. Um, it's got 128K of RAM. It's going to have a 4 megabyte QSPY flash chip. Um, we have CircuitPython already working for this chip, and we're sort of you know going through a bug fixing stage. We're also um, going to give it a second stage bootloader. Uh, so we've been working on uh, getting Teeny UF2 all ported over and working quite well for um, the... Uh, IMX series. Um, this will be the first board of a many IMX series uh, chip breakouts and feathers and, and metros and pi portals and whatnot. Um, we thought this chip was cool because it's like it's a hand solderable 500 megahertz processor. It's just kind of neat. Um, and uh, it is very fast with CircuitPython. It doesn't have a ton of RAM, but it, it, it does have enough to be able to do uh, Wi-Fi projects and, and control a display and, and get sensor data. So will be our fastest megahertz um, Metro so far. Yep. Very exciting. Next up. Okay, we've got some more Raspberry Pi compute modules. Uh, this one, I mean, every day we're kind of getting more modules in. Let me verify the two stats for these. So these are... I'm going to show both. Yeah, because one has flash... This one does not have flash memory. So the one without flash memory is the uh, two gigabytes of RAM, but it does have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So this is the light version, so you'll need an external SD card. Um, with the compute module, um, but if you do that, uh, you've got two gigabytes of RAM, you've got Wi-Fi and uh, Bluetooth on board, and this one, you can see the flash chip 
kind of in the top center there. It's got uh, eight gigabytes of MMC flash memory, two gigabytes of RAM, and of course, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Uh, so this is, you know, if you grab our compute module I.O. board, plug this in. And um, again, if you don't have the MMC memory, you're gonna have to plug in an SD card. If you do have the MMC, what's nice is it, it's got this super ha uh, fast, um, high speed, large memory chip right on board. Um, so a lot of people prefer that to having an SD card. Okay, next up, we have a lot of cables. We have a lot of cables. Uh, it's a cable series. These are 1.25 millimeter pitch cables. They're compatible with Molex PicoBlade. They're sometimes called like PicoBlades, but they're not necessarily um, Molex. They are just 1.25 millimeter pitch cables. Um, they are 1, 2N, and I can show on the overhead what that means because there's two, there's two kinds of cables. So let's uh, let's go to the overhead and I'll show. So all the cables are pretty much this, you know, they're they're just different number of pins. So let me just make sure that we uh, lock onto the focus. So um, you'll see that they have, uh, you know, the contacts. They're crimped in and all that good stuff. Um, so for this cable, oh sorry, this one this one is one to one. Um, made a mistake. Um, so you can see that um, the the colors may not be the exact same one as uh, your cable, um, but for this one, it is, yeah, this one, um, pin one is uh, the black wire, and this one is, pin one is also the black wire. So just make sure that when you have your boards that are connecting back and forth, sometimes, like, the black wire on one, is on one here and is on, like, you know, the nth pin over here. So just like keep, in, keep that in mind when you're designing it. Um, we've seen some cables are, they're called one-to-one -one and some are one-to-n. Um, so this one, you know, it's, it's the same on both sides, um, but that's not always true. I just want to warn people because we might also carry the cables that have it the other way around. That said, we have them in multiple different pins. We have seven pin, eight pin, nine pin, 10 pin, basically four through 10. Um, they're pre-assembled cables. They're really nice. Uh, they're 20 centimeters long. So uh, if you're um, just, you want to connect data and power from one board to the other, uh, you don't want to use a flex cable. You want uh, a fine pitch or a fairly fine pitch cable. Um, we do like Pico blades. We use them a lot. They're very compact. You get a lot of pins um, without a big connector. So they're not very bulky. All right, next up. Next up, we have Stemic Utified, uh, the HTU, uh, 21D breakout. This is a humidity and temperature sensor from TE. We like it. It's a nice sensor. It's got a PTFE filter, also quite nice. Um, we've had this one for quite a bit, and uh, it's a popular sensor. So we decided we would Stemic UTFI it. It now comes with uh, plug-and-play Stemic UT connectors on the side. Uh, we're trying to get all of our boards into the same form factor, same pin order, uh, same connector. Um, to make it easier for people to um, do no soldering sensor connectivity. So the HU21D has gotten the QT glow up, as we like to say. All right, next up. Okay, well now we're on to new products uh, from the fabrication department. So um, we've got this board. Let me grab the demo. So these are uh, mechanical key breakouts. So I'm kind of getting interested in mechanical key parts. And to use them, you know, the mechanical keys themselves, uh, they're often called like Cherry MX or Cherry MX compatibles. Um, and they, normally you need to solder them into like a, a keyboard and, you know, then you, you clicky and clacky them. This breakout lets you plug in a Cherry MX 
compatible switch like you see here. This is a, a kale box switch, which is Cherry MX compatible. You plug it in to um, the breakout board and there's on the bottom, you can see on this photo, there's a socket. And so the switch doesn't get soldered in. It actually kind of press fit plugs in. Uh, it can be removed. So if you want it to be more permanent, you know, use glue or something or, or some uh, epoxy to keep it in place. Um, there is also on the bottom, you see that white square thing that's a NeoPixel, and there's also a diode. And the diode is what lets you create uh, key matrices with this thing. And the NeoPixel, um, you see here, there's this kind of like, you know, there's the, the two sockets on the left. The center is the, the mounting post. And on the right, there's actually a little slot in the keys. And the key um, itself is meant for like having an LED soldered in perhaps. But you can also just have a reverse mount NeoPixel shine through, um, and then you can kind of backlit the LED with RGB colors. Um, one thing to just be aware of, it's not in the center, you know, it's the bottom half of the key or the top half. It's one half the key that gets RGB lit. Um, here I've got some translucent keys, so you can sort of see that it's not the full body of the key. It's not like, you know, whole thing glowing, it's just one half of it. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show you the demo because it's actually easier to show. So here we've got a Stemma QT, sorry, a Cutie Pie board. Uh, you know, it's just using Arduino or you can use CircuitPython, whatever. And um, these are the keys and I'm just gonna remove them to show you that um, the key itself plugs into the socket. So this is the key and it's got these two um, connectors and that those, when this key is pressed, those connect together. And then there's the mounting post, right, to keep it mechanically stable. So you can plug it in and then, you know, it, it's pretty stable. I would say, look, you want to have it glued or taped or something to, to keep it from coming apart because you can pull it off. Um, and here's another one. So you have two of them connected together. And then on each side, you have multiple pinouts. Um, there's power and ground here. These are for the NeoPixel. And then this white wire you see, you know, goes in here and then chains over to this one. That's the NeoPixel data line. So just like NeoPixels, you chain them together. This has NeoPixel data going through. And then um, you have two pins for the switch, the top and the bottom, the anode and the cathode of the switch. Again, there's a, this diode in the middle so you can make key matrices. If you're not doing key matrices, you can just ignore that diode there to, to avoid key ghosting if you're making a complicated matrix. But um, basically you have one pin for every switch. And then uh, for this demo, I will reassemble it very quickly. When you press the key, the LED turns off. So, you know, you can just use it as a switch and then control the NeoPixel separately. So there, you know, the NeoPixel is not connected to the switch at all. They're totally separate. You can have the NeoPixel on all the time, off all the time. You don't even have to power it if you don't want to. It's just kind of a bonus extra. It shines underneath. Here's a demo of the opposite. When you press the button, the NeoPixel shines through. Um, so it's basically a breadboard-friendly way of connecting a mechanical key that is Cherry MX compatible to your breadboard. It will do more stuff with these keys, but I wanted to just get started um, and have an easy way to make breadboard-friendly mechanical key switch projects. Okay, and star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady, our customers, our community, and our team, is Neo Trinky. Neo Trinky, your best friend, who's Neo Pixels, and it's a trinket, and it's a USB key. Uh, it's Neo Trinky. Uh, I don't know. It's from Bandai. No, it's not. It's from Adafruit. It's uh, a USB key, and uh, as you as you might expect, it's it's got the USB connectors here, so you plug into USB. It's got a SAMD21, our favorite little microcontroller chip, so it can run CircuitPython. In fact, this demo is CircuitPython. 
It's got a regulator just to get you that three volts you need. Uh, it doesn't need a lot of components. There's a reset button. And then there's four NeoPixels and uh, two capacitive touchpads. So, um, you know, these contacts here at the end of the body, if we zoom in, you can see that there's, there's a split in the middle, left and right. So um, when I plug this into USB, so I get a little USB extender, when I press one, it gets bright. And when I press the other, wait, hold on. Sorry, this one gets dim and this one gets bright. So I can dim, dim them, brighten them. So they act as two separate uh, inputs, uh, the capacitive inputs. You can control the NeoPixel separately, you know, so I just have them doing this kind of a rainbow glow thing. And then of course you can get into a bootloader, or you can load Arduino code, you can use CircuitPython. It's very small and simple. We just wanted to make like a keychain CircuitPython board um, it has a little slot here that you can put onto a keychain key ring if you'd like. And then you just plug it in and you can immediately start coding. And again, you don't need an IDE or anything. You, you can just go straight into CircuitPython um, and write code for it. So it's very cute. And it's got an extra thick PCB, so it uh, plugs into USB quite nicely. Um, so Trinky, Neo Trinky, why not? Neo Trinky. Neo, 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 Trinky. Okay, let's, um, I have some questions lined up. We'll, um, we'll get to those in a bit. And uh, folks will probably have some new questions. Let's do some top secret. Okay. Get into the vault. No, get out of the vault. Yeah. You want to show some little videos? Yeah, I have, uh, I have one little video, and then we have some still images. Some of these, we just released the products. So not exactly top secret, but kind of, it well, was work in progress at the time. Whatever. So here is... Behind uh, the scenes. Here is us... Um, testing our Feather 2040s with the Teensy. Okay, Lamar, what is this? This is my RP2040 tester for the RP2040 Feather. Uh, we finished this up, and I want to show how the testing procedure works. I use a Teensy and the USB host, and this is really cool. I actually load the UF2 over mass storage onto here. This is my test jig, so I test uh, all the pin connections. We just milled this on our other mill. If I crank it down here and then press this button, it uh, loads the UF2 file, does a serial test, and it finishes testing in two and a half seconds, which is awesome. Um, over here, we've got the EagleCAD file for the testing jig. You can see I test alternate pins that are not uh, next to each other. And then this is the uh, Pico SDK code that I load onto the Feather to do the GPIO test. This is in raw C, so it's really, really fast. So two and a half seconds is awesome. Yes, go test. Um, one weird thing, so I put this up on YouTube as well, mm -hmm. and uh, because I guess Gmail does this feature, and then also YouTube does this now, when you're logged in and it's your account for YouTube, it looks at the comments and it has suggestions on how to what to automatically reply with, Yeah. and some folks had said, hey, I want to see the code, and all of the things already filled, if I click one button, it says, look in the description, look in the description, no look in the description, so yeah, funny. because I guess it analyzes That's such enough, a common thing, and yeah. then so it had... No, I don't know. Look in the description. So anyways, if you want the code for that, it's in the description of the YouTube video, or you can look on the blog post for that. Okay, other things we have. Cutie Pie that we were... Oh, the Cutie Pie RP2040. So I, was, uh, I actually finished these up and uh, just doing some testing and making sure everything was working. Um, but these are ordered. Very exciting. TCA4307. This is an older breakout, but we're going to finish that up real soon. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool uh, I2T uh, bus buffer. 
Uh, it's a DVI breakout. It's not HDMI. It's DVI. Uh, I was going to use this with the uh, RP2040 stuff to get um, DVI video out to uh, displays that have DVI in. And uh, sadly, the STMPE811 is no longer being manufactured, but we're looking at other SPI or I2C resistive touch controllers. Check out our uh, great search from a couple weeks ago. I think this is the TSC2407. I don't know. I don't remember the part number. And then um, more experiments in NeoPixel keys. So what if we took four of those like Neo keys, put them side by side, and then we have like a, a seesaw to connect them to I2C so we can make like I2C plug and play stuff. I don't know. Cool. And then Rotary Trinky, uh, next door neighbor to Neo Trinky. They're best friends. They used to play together as kids. Um, and now Rotary Trinky is uh, coming to life. Get back in the vault. That's in the vault. Okay. okay. So uh, we will do questions now. Put them up on Discord. I'll uh, put a little bit of a reminder where we're at Discord, 84.it slash Discord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get to those. Those are the easiest ones for us to find and see. And I have some lined up. Let's uh, let's go. You ready? Sure. We can speed let's around. Speed around these. them, yeah. Yeah, it's getting a little late, but it's okay. Okay, uh, I was soldering. I don't have a nice fan. I opened a window, used a mask. Is that smart? Use a mask for soldering, limiting what you inhale. How big uh, is a virus versus solder flux fume? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's basically whether, you know, you... You have a lot of flux or fumes. Um, uh, there's, you know, the fume suckers and with, with the filters. Uh, opening a window, um, you can wear a mask. If people have masks, why not wear it? Because that'll filter out the fumes as well. Yeah, the, the, with the particle, the P2, or like whatever that particle is, I found that that works pretty well for um, any type of airborne. Yeah, particular, I mean, like it'll, yeah. it'll all filter it out. So, yeah, you can, yeah. you've got extra masks, using them while soldering. And if you can open a window, always do that. Okay, is there a shield or something, an example to control a water motor of a half-horsepower half motor? It's a big water motor for recirculating water for a small pool. It's part of Aquaponics small lab I want to build oh, for long. I would use, like, a, a relay at that point. Yeah, the relay, the relay switch. Yeah, because uh, you're just turning it on or off. It doesn't have to go to the direction. You don't want a motor controller. You should have a relay. It's not a power switch tail because those are... Uh, the back in the day, it's uh, what well, are you they? You can use a power switch tail if you want. I mean, if it plugs it, if this half-horsepower yeah. is Isn't power there one? What does that? Whatever we have now, it's like the, the yeah. equivalent. Okay. But you want a relay. Yeah. Um, and the power switch tail basically is a relay inside. It's just a big relay, the, yeah. Uh, thing. Okay. Uh, I'm using a Feather M0 Laura along an STM nuclear board. There are two GPO connections between the boards and a serial signal. The nuclear board powers a Feather from its 5-volt input, but I have found that if I plug in a USB cable to the Feather to program and forget that I have nuclear power, the Feather tries to power the nuclear via GPIO. This burns out the GPIO and the Feather. Any suggested way to present, prevent this... One person said data-only cable and then some resistors in series. Um, yeah, resistors in series. I just put, like, a, a 10K in between. That way you're not... Uh, I don't think you're necessarily going to burn out a pin, but, yeah, you're going to definitely be back-powering and it's not going to be happy. Okay. Um, the toggle switch capacitive touch center breakout, it appears you brought the connection for the touchpad to the surface. Is that okay expanding to the read switch? Or other uh, light components, would it still toggle? Well, I don't know what a capacitive touch would do with a reed switch. A reed switch is totally different. I mean, I guess if you had a reed switch, you just use a reed switch. It, it, it switch on its own. It's does, it, that has a connectivity thing rather than this, which has a signal output. So I don't, I don't actually know what you're asking to do. So maybe post in the forums. Okay. Next up, um, can I use an itsy bitsy M4 and a 
uh, NRF52 on a Feather Teensy 3.X adapter. Will I squirt and SPI be where I expect? No, they're totally different. The Feather Teensy adapters for the Teensy. Okay, uh, I can get the next one. Uh, how much of the tariffs hikes for components from China affected your business? Any impact at all? So, the tariffs are from the U.S. on imported goods, not from China. It's from... Well, the parts come from China. Yeah, the parts come from it's China. on import. On import, the U.S. charges. Yes. So, it's the. I always want to be clear. It's not like we're paying money and then it goes to China. We pay money, it goes to the U.S. Yeah, I, I don't think they're asking that. I think no, I know. Yeah. No, I know. Look, a lot of people don't even know what tariffs are. All right, fine. <laughs> Hey, you know, every opportunity to just st- nah, start from a, keep going. A, a, an agreed basic thing. Yeah. So, does it affect us? Yeah. It uh, makes the prices a little bit higher, so we try to buy more so we can get better volume. Yeah. Um, there were some refunds possible, so we applied for some of those, but basically everything's more expensive, and we're trying to keep prices as low as possible for everyone. We're still very competitive. Um, but absolutely, it made prices go up for us. Yeah. So it means lower margins for some things. It also means some parts got more expensive for us. And then um, for some things, and I'm sure this is going to come up soon, um, we might just have to like not make certain things if it's too expensive. Yeah. So yeah. it did affect things. Okay, next up. Um, Neokey Plus Rotary Encoder? I guess that's a... Sure. Okay. <laughs> Any re- recommendations for sourcing bulk SK6812 minis? I think DigiKey probably st- st- uh, stocks Neopixels by the reel. Okay. Let's check them. Um, just curious to consider stocking the expensive ASKPT2260 433 MHz boards popular in places like eBay. Just thought it might be a product to stock and uh, replay them off a ESP8266 or ESP32 for c- controlling things in the home. Um... Yeah, 433 is actually technically not, I think, supposed to be used in the U.S. We have 900 megahertz ones or 315. I don't remember which one. But we do have little uh, PT2260 controllers in the store. They're called just like RF, simple RF controllers. Is it I2C or I2C or just preference? Doesn't matter. Mm, I don't think it matters. There's no official. And you know what? In our community, um, you can do both or either, and uh, no one's going to come down on you. One of the things I don't like is... uh, when folks start to say the what what way is the right way to say something? Yeah, in this no in this text only world where we're just reading things, I don't think it matters. And I think for there's this, no I, there's no official way to say it. There isn't, and uh, yeah. just hang out with people who are just like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, next up, uh, how much has your FR four costs? So that's freight, maybe uh, gone up for PCB since uh, Chinese New Year. And COVID. Not much, yeah. maybe a couple percent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question: How's the MagTech family doing? Been out of stock for a while. Uh, would like to see another permutation in the Very future. hard to get displays right now. Yep. Okay, and I think... That's it? That. Uh, what is adding the RP2040 to the Cutie Pie uh, best use for? Do you want something small that has a lot of RAM? Good for CircuitPython. Okay. A lot of, lot of RAM in that, in that there chip. What is the fastest rate a NeoPixel can respond to data lines? I'm trying to fit, uh, flash a string of 32 NeoPixels it's, at 14. They're all hertz. written at the same rate, so there's no... You can't write to them faster than the, the 800 kilohertz rate. Yeah, folks have lots of important questions. That you should hang out in the chat. Pineapple on pizza. Tomato or tomato on pizza. Okay. Um, breakfast cereal. Is it soup? 
these are all important questions these that are, will only be decided online. <laughs> arguing about and it. Not, and not my problem. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the, the goal is to find a group of people where, um, you know, GIF and GIF are okay. That's, that's, what, that's, that's the whole point. There, isn't, there really isn't any right or wrong anymore. It's uh, who you can get along with. And what can you build together and share? Correct. That's the only way forward. That's it. You don't have to share pizza. All right. Thanks, everybody. Those are our questions for the week. Uh, Thank you, everybody. We're wrapping up the show. Um, We'll see everybody next week, 8 p.m., Ask an Engineer. That's right. Special thanks to our community, our customers, um, all of our staff, Jesse May. some live videos this week. Behind the scenes and our Adafruit Slack. Thank you, Jesse May. Um, We are shipping things safe and smart. Thank you, everyone, for supporting us all during these times and probably some times ahead. Because uh, things aren't over yet. Just be, it's not a movie, guys. There's not, there's a lot there's of not necessarily a happy ending. There's a lot of things ahead. But we'll get through it together and more. So we'll see you next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.